0: Have a uh, couple of announcements that I would like to uh, put in front of you uh, the craft day that uh, the sign and uh, craft day that was scheduled for yesterday we 've postponed that until uh, January sixteenth so you 're still invited to be a part of that and um, i don 't know if uh, probably should talk to somebody other than me if you want to go to that now because I think that they probably pre order some stuff there. And so, um, hey, we have that going for us. Uh, let's see, the directory. Um, Laura's been working a long time. Maybe you had your picture taken. There's a pictorial directory that is available out here. Right now, we're just asking that you would take one per family, uh, until we get more of those made. Maybe if you want a second one, ask Laura about that. And so, um, uh, we, uh, have those available. Uh, tomorrow night is, uh, department meetings. Tomorrow night, and I think that uh, a couple of them meet at 6.30, and then the rest of them meet at 7 o'clock. And so if you're on one of those departments or committees, you know where you're at. Next week, blood drive. Blood drive. Now, uh, I think they want you to make an appointment for the blood drive. They don't want you to just show up bleeding. They want, you know, so make a schedule, an appointment there for the blood drive. And uh, that is next Saturday. And uh, hey, listen, um, 2020 year in review, okay? And so i kind of been doing this thing for the last 10 or 15 years where... Uh, one of the first Sundays of the new year, I don't preach a, a new sermon, uh, I preach a review sermon. And uh, one of the reasons that I do a review sermon is that a long time ago, somebody said this about sermons, he said, uh, sermons are like meals, sermons are like meals. Uh, you don't remember every one of them that you've had, but you're certainly glad that you had them at the time, right? And so I don't expect uh, you to remember all of the sermons that get preached uh, in any given year because I don't remember uh, all of the sermons that I preach during a given year. And so what I do is uh, I do a year in review and it's really fun for me because I get to go back and sift through and dig through all of the sermons that I preach over the last year. And And then you don't have any idea how many times I look up oh yeah, I remember that, you know, and I had just totally forgotten. And so I don't really expect you to remember uh, many of these things from one week to the next as well, but it's just kind of fun to look back and, and to review. And so that's what we're going to, uh, to do. And so here we go, we're gonna get started right now. The first Sunday that I preached here at Countryside was on a Saturday night. Do you remember that? Saturday night, Saturday night February 22nd. Maybe you were here for that Saturday night. We did a Saturday night service. And uh, you were willing to come out and do a Saturday night thing here, so that I could um, uh, introduce myself to you guys. And then uh, you guys got to vote on me. You guys got to vote on me. You don't get to do that anymore. Now you're stuck. And uh, I'll let you know when I'm out of here. So um, and uh, so you got to vote on me that time. And uh, and and so here we go. Do you remember? I'm sure you guys. are conf- I'm confident. You guys can all tell me what was the title of that sermon? It's right there in this tip. Uh, what was that? Ser- what was the title of that sermon? Right? And then do you remember what we did that night? Do you remember... I didn't remember. I, I kind of went back and I looked. Do you remember we did this? Okay, next slide. And uh, we did this. Um, I put a picture of this guy up there. And I said, do you know him? Do you know him, right? And uh, who is it, right? And you guys all said, Elvis, right? And we did, we did some trivia questions about Elvis. And we asked different things about that. And then we, this next guy said, do you know who this guy is? And you guys all said, Michael Jackson, right? And um, and we asked some trivia questions about him. And then put this other guy up there and said, uh, who's this guy? Who's this guy? And you guys all said, uh, you know, uh Dwight Twitty? No, what's, um, what's, who? Garth, you still know him. You still know him, Garth Brooks, right? And uh, we said, do you know him? And we kind of asked questions about these people, and we said, you know, we, we can say that we know these people, but the reality is uh, none of these people, well, some of them, you know, a couple of them are dead, <laughs> and none of them called you up and said, hey, why don't you come over for dinner, right? And uh, because, or is Elvis really? You know, but but these guys aren't going to call you up and say, hey, why don't you come over for dinner, right? So we might know a lot of trivia about them, but we really don't know them. We don't, but we said, what about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? That's what we talked about that night. And we put these two big fancy words up here. We said justification and sanctification. What's the difference between these two things? Justification is a one-time act. And maybe you can kind of point right on the date on the calendar when you said, this is when I decided I wanted to be a Christ follower. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to be baptized into Christ and I gave myself to Jesus. And, and you point at that date and you say, that's when I became a Christian. You were justified and uh, Jesus made you justified. But then this other word, sanctification. Sanctification is this ongoing process that for the rest of my life, I am going to be continuing to move forward to grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing Jesus is a process. We might know about people, but do we really know them? Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? That was the first sermon that I ever preached here at Countryside. And, um, uh, and then we kind of move forward from there. Uh, April fifth, I was supposed to preach again here uh, live and in person uh, on uh, Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, April fifth, I was supposed to preach here again, uh, but we got rained out because we were going to be doing a parking lot church service. It got rained out, and so that was the first time that I think uh, maybe Laura and I—maybe it wasn't the first one—but Laura and I worked together uh, that week, and uh, we put together a video uh, sermon that's still you can still go to the website and watch that one. And uh, and so if you don't remember what the Easter sermon was about. You can go back and watch that. I'll just kind of cue it up that way. Then June 1st. June 1st was my first time preaching. Uh, I, I started here June 1st, and June 7th was the first time that I got to kind of be the actual guy. You know, now, now I'm hired, and and uh, and uh, started preaching. We did Parking Lot Church on the 7th, and uh, here's a picture of Parking Lot Church. You can look at that one. There's another picture of Parking Lot Church. You remember that? Remember the weather was perfect? The weather was perfect every time we did Parking Lot Church, and we Liked it. And so we tried to do it again later, and the weather never turned out, worked out for us to, to be able to do that. And uh, kind of a fun story, personally, for me, a fun story for me, uh, it's kind of fun that we're doing parking lot church, is um, uh, Chris. Evans started coming when we were doing Parking Lot Church because she said she could hear that we there was singing that was going on and there was music being played and, and she was in her backyard. She lives right down the road here. and So, so she started coming because she heard the music. And that was fun. That's kind of cool deal for Parking Lot Church. And uh, maybe you remember the very first sermon that I preached when I was getting a paycheck for it, right? And uh, started here, right? June 1st. And, uh, and we were out there in the parking lot and Parking Lot Church was this. The first sermon that I preached there was... We said there are four levels of friendship. Remember, there's Facebook level friends, right? And uh, you do, you don't really know the people, but you kind of know them uh, because they're they're Facebook friends, right? And you just kind of see the you know which side of the aisle they lean on because of the posts that they put out there. We said there's space friends. You just share space with them. Maybe you maybe you kind of know the the person that they say, you go to the same grocery store and maybe you meet one of the people that the checks out all the time and you don't really know them, but you kind of know them. And uh, maybe it's somebody at work you kind of know them and they're. There's coffee friends. These are people that maybe they've never been to your house, but you'd call them and say, hey, let's meet for coffee. And then, and, then there's, and then there's dirty house friends, right? doesn't matter. They can ring the doorbell. Maybe they don't even ring the doorbell. You just open up the door, and you know they're always welcome. Come on in and sit down. And then maybe you remember that we said this about this. Friendship with Jesus is like that. Friendship with Jesus is like that. Some people keep their religion, all of their religion is on social media. They don't really, that's kind of where they do their religious life is social media. And uh, some people do religion, uh, they're space friends, maybe it's just church. When you come to church on Sunday morning because somebody drug you to church on Sunday morning, that's where you do religion is in that space on Sunday morning. But then we said, well, Jesus wants to be more like a coffee friend, right? Uh, do you sit and talk with him? Do you spend time with him? But really, Jesus wants to be a dirty house friend. You might as well tell Jesus all of your dirt. He knows it anyway. And so uh, don't try to put up any kind of barriers, just kinda of leave the door open and he walk in any time and you know that he's with you there. Maybe do you remember that was the first sermon I ever preached right out right outside those doors out there. And I wouldn't want to do that right now. It's really, really cold and slippery. I might fall down, break my hip. That'd be horrible. Jerry Doofer told me that he was snow blowing, he fell down this week. And so we don't everybody pray for Jerry. So, apparently they're not going to. So <laughs> All right. What happened next? All right. The first indoor first indoors um, was uh, it was actually on Father's Day, June twenty first, June twenty first. Now, coincidentally, and not to make this about me, coincidentally, I had to confirm this this morning that Father's Day and who would have planned that? Uh, just I don't want to make this about me. It's so, uh, but I, too late. I kind of went way down that road. Um, that was actually the last day. That I saw my dad alive, father's Day oh, what a deal that was the first time that we had indoor church service now before we moved inside, before we had indoor church after uh, we kind of were outside for a couple of weeks, we had to do some things and uh, we removed all of the furniture out of the lobby we removed the hymnals and the Bibles and the attendance notebooks uh, from the pews we uh, set up the communion stations we set up uh we ran cables to do audio video feed down to the gym uh i built this uh, fine preaching platform here that got called a soapbox several times and um i uh, uh we added uh, spotlights on the stage here and uh, since then we uh took down this uh, stage wall kind of remodeled some of that over there and remodeled the sound booth a little bit and uh took down a little wall out of there and uh we uh, uh added the projector to go on the back and we changed the, the lights down the hallway and we added windows in the doors in the hallway and painted a room down in the hallway and which reminds me to remind you if you don't have your name on a pew yet uh, we're giving away pews. We're giving away free church pews. Anybody that'd like a free church pew? we got a couple of them available, and uh, I started to talk Randy into putting one in his car, and I told him I'd help him get it in the back of his car today, and he can take that home with him, but if you haven't done that yet. But this is the week. We would appreciate it if it's, uh, uh, you would, uh, we have some things down there. as a TV, free, giving away a free TV down there, and if you'd like to pick that up and take that with you, uh, Hannah is chomping at the bit to kind of clean up and freshen up the youth church room, or, church, or the, the, the team room down there, I guess we'll call that. And we would like that set up because we're going to start Kids Club back up here in a few weeks, and we'd like to have that taken care of there. So there's a little reminder. But we did all of those things around here during this past year. Some of you are going, you did what? And so you didn't even know. But uh, we, all those things kind of, so all that to say, we finally moved inside. And we had, uh, uh, I preached a sermon, the very first one indoors was called The Good Father, The Good Father. And uh, in that one, uh, we were just talking about how good God is, and he is good. And one of the points, one of the points that I made in that sermon uh, was that um, uh, God, remember, remember God is good, remember God's unfailing love, his unfailing love. Uh, Romans, uh, or excuse me, Psalm uh, 107, verse eight says, uh, let us give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. And there's a picture there. That's a guy that had to come and fix the uh, uh, the dryer. We moved into our house on uh, June 5th and uh, the dryer didn't work. So we had to call the, the, the dryer repair guy and he came and, and I made this point. I have no idea what unfailing means. Everything I own, everything I touch, anything I engage, it fails. We've all had car problems or uh, mechanical problems or washer and dryer problems or dishwasher problems or drippy sink problems. and uh, Everything we experience in life fails. Not God. Unfailing love. Man, that's a good point. That is a good point to remember. Oh, aren't you glad you were here for that one? Oh, yeah. Wow. Some are you going, sorry, I missed it, right? Then I started this other sermon series, and right after that, um, and it was called Beautiful Harmony. Beautiful Harmony. Harmony We talked about the orchestra, many different pieces, many different parts, many different instruments, all coming together to make beautiful music. Maybe you remember Laura sat over there and, and she played the one note song and we couldn 't figure out what that song was and, and uh, we talked about a keyboard. We talked about a keyboard. We said that a modern piano has 88 different keys and it has seven different octaves in it, it as all of those parts are a part of making that that all work together to make that music. And then we talked about this. A church is kind of like that piano, right? That keyboard. It has individual keys and that you are the individual keys that, uh, that, uh, that uh, make that music and have uh, that sound. And then we asked these questions about individuals in the church. We said, who attended uh, Countryside for the longest? And interestingly enough, do you remember who that was at the time? Pat Ricketts. Pat Ricketts. Pat Ricketts no longer with us, so we could we could start over and we could ask that question again: Who is the individual? And and um, we said who traveled the farthest and uh, who is married here and talk about uh, individuals and their relationship to the church. But we said it's not just about individuals and their relationship to the church because a piano it's got octaves or excuse me it's got um, individual keys and and the people that are in it and then it also has. Um, uh, chords, 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 chords. And we said that chords are kind of like small groups. And we asked these questions about uh, the church. How did you start coming to church? And who invited you? And most likely there was a group or a family There was a group, maybe you were a part and invited to a Sunday school class or a small group and that not individual, but larger groups that kind of came together and, and a church is like that. It's got groups that break down in it, but also, um, a group has octaves in it. A group of the, a church has groupings like octaves. It's small groups of keys that kind of pull together. And what I called that was kind of like a progression or a timeline. And so we looked at uh, this timeline that was involved in this beautiful harmony series. And so maybe you remember that we kind of out here, we said, how many of you guys went to Rapid City when it was in the old building? And how many of you went to Rapid City uh, Church when it was at the the newer building, and then how many of you guys started when it uh, was just here in the school, and how many of you started after 1984 when it was, this sanctuary was built, and how many of you started attending, and so we see that there's this timeline, this progression of when people onboard the church. Right? And we said this: all of the individual instruments in an orchestra. You hear them all warming up and playing their own individual instrument. But then at the beginning of the orchestra, the conductor stands up there and sort of taps the podium. And then the oboe sounds A. And then they all begin to sound A. They all come into conformity. They're not doing their own thing. They all come together and they sound A together. And we said, what is it for a church to sound A? Sounding A for a church is evangelism. It's being in conformity with Jesus and telling people that we need to be involved with evangelism. And what is evangelism for a church? Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. The bread of life is Jesus. We put this map up here and we said, this is kind of our target audience. This is, this is who we want to reach, the people that are around us, right? They're around us. And we said there's over 5,000 people in the area. We want to start uh, to reach the people that are in our community in this area you know what the reality is, is that Kids Club is doing a nice job of helping us meet people in our area. You remember the, that sermon series we did, Beautiful Harmony? Anybody? See, I told you. I told you. You said, you don't remember this. I don't remember either. That's why we review. See? Yeah. I'm going on vacation. <clears throat> August 2nd, August 2nd, I preached a sermon about prayer. And uh, some of you guys, August, man, it was hot back then, wasn't it? And uh, I preached a sermon. There were three points in that one. Uh, Prayer is communication with God. It is fortification for God. And it brings adherence to God. That's why we want to spend time in prayer. After that one, I started a sermon series on the book of Colossians. Colossians. We made our way through the book of Colossians. And we started that one off by... Um uh, just kind of asking the question how did the apostle Paul how did he um, uh how did he label if you will the church at Colossae and uh, we said, well, how would, how would the people in our community uh, label us? You know, when, when you drive by a church, and uh, a lot of us, we drive by a church on our way to work every day or something, and you see it, you don't even think about it. It's just, that's there. But do, do the people in our community even think beyond uh, this brick building that's here that's on, you know, Old Highway 2? And, but do they, do they have, what do they think of us? Do they think anything of us? What did Paul think of the church in Colossae? And it was kind of defined this way when paul wrote in colossians chapter 1 verses 1 and 2 and paul an apostle of christ jesus by the will of god and timothy our brother to god's holy people in colossae the faithful the faithful brothers and sisters in christ grace and peace to yours. And he said that I know who these people are. They are a faithful people to Christ. And that's who we want to be as a faithful people to Jesus. And they were people of a passionate faith. And we talked about different kinds of faith that we might have. Remember drive through faith? Remember you pull up in the drive through Yeah, I'd like a special order of uh, uh, terrific music, a fantastic sermon, and I want to be out in one hour. Thank you. Right? Boom right? That's what, and, uh, or there's flu shot, where, what's a flu shot? You get just a little bit, just enough of it to chase all the other stuff away, right? That's a flu shot. I want just enough religion, enough Jesus. I want a little bit. I don't want it all, just some, so that I can, you know, push every, right? We talked about that. And we said, well, what about being a part of the committed core? What's it mean to be committed to uh, Jesus, to be committed to Jesus? Because here's what we're all pretty good at. We're pretty good we're pretty good at, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask this question, we're pretty good at looking for loopholes. Now before you advance that slide back there, Nathan, what is a loophole? Anybody remember what a loophole is? All right, boom. Go ahead, bring that picture up, that's a loophole. Do you remember that? Anybody remember that? Was anybody, you were? yeah, now you're all shaking your head after you're looking at the picture. Oh yeah, I remember, I remember, right? A loophole is that tiny, got that fortified place but there's just that little crack that you're trying to shoot the arrows out of or maybe if you're trying to sneak in um, and the devil's trying to sneak in and he's trying to tear down, uh, tear us down. He's looking for that. But we like loopholes. We're looking for, yeah, I know I need to follow Jesus, but in this occasion, I can probably pack up Jesus and put him over there and I can close this door and I can do what I want for a while and I'm gonna open this door back up, go back through and we look for loopholes, but we shouldn't look for loopholes. We read this. Colossians chapter three, verses eight and nine, verse eight. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger and rage and malice and slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. I think this is pretty cool what Teresa did this morning. Um, Sometimes we we lie to each other by acting like we got it all together and it's all good, right? When it's not all together and we just got to move forward and be real with each other. That's what she did this morning. We need to rid ourselves. Do you remember the rid story? And show that next picture. We talked about how many of us just love head lice. How many of you just love having them crawl around in the back of your neck? And, you know, we talked about that. And, and you know, they kind of bite and nibble back there. And they, they live off of your blood. We talked about that. And they're back there. And uh, we talked. And so, but we need to. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Right now you're sitting there going, I still don't like that. Right? Next picture. We said rid, rid. What is rid? That's what that is. It's to get rid of. And when, when the Bible says that we are to rid ourselves of sin, we don't, we don't just leave a couple of louse back there hanging out. We say, no, all of them gone. And that's the, what we're supposed to do as Christians is move through life, making it all, just trying to turn over every part of us. And then October 4th started another series. and we called it Holiness. And, um... We started off that series and we said, um, if I were to ask you to describe yourself in five words or less, what words might you use to describe yourself? And uh, we asked ourselves, would we use the word holy? I am holy. I am holy. And that probably wasn't the first one that we went to. And then we said, you know what, the reality is we are a, a set-apart people of God. We're holy. We talked about three stages of holiness, and one is in, my, in God's mind, in God's mind. What does that mean? Holy in God's mind, set apart in God's mind. We talked about Moses. Uh, God tells Moses, come over here to the uh, burning bush, take off your sandals, for you are on holy ground. What made this ground holy and this ground not holy? Well, because God says there are things that are right and there are wrong, and he's the one that establishes those things. And so there is holy and unholy, and God says it. And so that settles it, as we say. But in my mind, in my mind, I'm supposed to set things apart in my mind. I'm supposed to repent and do U-turns in my life. And what does it mean to repent? It means you're going in one direction, you flip it around, you move back towards Jesus. You, you repent, and in my behavior. And then we kind of put this, um, this um, scale up here, if you will. And um, we we said, how am I how am I doing when it comes to being holy and a set apart unto God? Uh, am I vulnerable to temptation or not vulnerable to temptation? And we said that there's things these cues are here. We said there's a temptability quotient. Physically, am I tired? or am I energetic because when I when I'm bogged down I'm tired I'm not resting and then the devil it's easier for the devil to just kind of mess with my head right um and then we talked about emotionally are you down or are you uh, encouraged uh we talked about Mentally, um, are you discontent or are you content? We talked about uh, spiritually: are you empty or are you growing? And we talked about um, in our relationships: are we uh, cold and separated and set apart, or are we warm and feel loved and encouraged? And here's what here's some information that we talked about: uh, temptation, temptation. Uh, in Scripture, First Corinthians ten, James chapter one, there is a warning. God says, you will be tempted. So we don't get to go through life going, well, man, I gave my life to Jesus. How come I have this this battle? Well, we are going to be tempted. There's a warning. We're going to be tempted. There is no sin that's unique to you. You don't get to uh, walk around and say, well, yeah, but they don't have to deal with this. Well, somebody out there is dealing with that. It's not unique to you. You're not alone. Uh, God will not abandon you. Uh, There is a way out. It does not come from God. God doesn't tempt you. It taps into your desires. There's things that we're, uh, we're prone towards, and some people battle with this kind of sin, some that kind of sin. The, the devil knows that, so he uses the right lure to pull uh, you into him. And um, it drags you from God, it entices you, and um, it has one goal. Temptation has one goal pull you away from Jesus, to pull you away from Jesus. And we started another sermon series, November 1st, moving right along here, November 1st. So kind of called it Which Way? Talked a little bit about that. And uh, this was kind of the theme. This next picture is kind of the theme of the whole uh, series. It says, the number one obstacle to me leading me is my emotions, Right? I I know I want to do what is good, but man, it's just so much easier uh, to do what is not good, right? And uh, we said, I've got to battle my emotions. My emotions are always pushing against me and things like that. We said three tools for think, to think differently. So talk to yourself. What's that mean? What's that mean? Um, remind yourself that God is for you. You're battling to it. But God is for me. And and so uh it's really hard for me to do what God wants me to do. I wanna do this, but God is for me. He's rooting for me, He's pulling for me, He desires what is best for me. So turn back towards God and so push some of that emotional things away and just do what He wants you to do. And remember this, it takes time. It takes uh time. And we said, um U turns are easy. We had these pictures, and we said we'd like to go out boating, remember? And, and then when you go boating, the funnest thing to do is you're kind of whipping that boat around. U-turns are, are fun, unless you're one of these big ships, right? And if you're one of these tanker ships, remember, it takes a long, long time to stop one of these things. But in our life, it's not easy to make spiritual U-turns in our life. To just, uh, I'm not going to sin anymore, I'm just now going to live perfectly like Jesus did. It doesn't work like that. It's turning and turning and turning. And then we had this graph up here. How long does it take to stop? And then we had another graph up here. How long does it take? Uh, It takes like a a half a mile to turn these big ships around. And and so uh, then we said, well, okay, how does a giant ship turn itself around? Empower a friend. Empower a friend. That's how. And what's that mean? That you and I get to be a tugboat right? Because what's a tugboat do? It goes up and a, how does a big ship turn around in a harbor? It's got other little boats that kind of push up on it. And so how do we make U-turns in our life and turn around? We ask other people to get involved with their life and we get involved in their life and we help each other and we move forward that way. Another uh, part of that sermon series that we, uh, when we were in there talking about that, We talked about how we go forward in life and we battle between legalism and license. Legalism and license. Legalism, earning, maintaining the favor of God with certain behaviors and practices. Um, and so we kind of draw a line and say, well, I'm I'm not going to do that because that would mean I'm not a Christian. And so we point at other people and we say, well, they told that joke. They must not be, they used it, that word. They must not be, they drank that beverage. They must not be a Christian. And so we, there's all these rigid lines. But on the flip side of that deal, uh, we said there's people, uh, license, 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 license. Dismissing or diminishing any standard of godliness in the name of grace. And so we put this graph up here and we said uh, uh, where did you start your Christian journey? We all started somewhere. Some of you are just out of the blocks and just moving forward. Some of you are kind of well established but you got a long way to go in life prayerfully. Some of you are kind of towards the end of that journey in your life and we want to stay uh, centered up there. We don't want to be so legalistic that people look at us and go man you, don't even, you can't even relate to me. But You don't want to be so filled with license that they're like, well, what's the difference between you and anybody else in the world? We want to be in there, and as we go through life, we want to be close to Jesus. Remember that? Do you remember that? That wasn't that long ago. Some of us with short-term memory are like, oh, yeah, now we're getting into a place I can remember, right? Here we go. Then we did this one, Thanksgiving Day. Do you remember? Now, before you advance that slide, Nathan, how many of you remember what the T-H-A-N-K-S stand for? This is why we review. Thanks Thanks does not, the T does not stand for thanks. Tact. Oh, she's looking, she's flipping back. She's got notes in her Bible. Tact. H. H stands for habeas corpus. How could you forget? All right, go ahead and advance that thing. Do you remember T-H-A-N-K-S? T stands for tax. We want to have tax. Jesus had great tax. Habeas corpus, that idea that uh, the devil might want to say, you get to go in jail and stay in jail, but we get to cry out, habeas corpus. Take me before the judge, and the judge will look at us and say, no, I forgive you. You're free. You don't remember that, do you? All right. Uh, acculturation. Acculturation. That's what we're supposed to do. We, chocolate milk illustration. Remember that one? How do you make chocolate milk? You add chocolate. Well, do we want the culture to be more Christ-like? We have to add more Christ. We want to change the culture. Uh, nascent. What does nascent mean? Emerging. 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 We need to be merging, growing, ever ever nascent, ever growing, ever developing in our faith. Kowtow. We need to bow down and humble ourselves to God. And we want to be people of a salient faith. And salient means... All right, I know what I'm preaching next week. <laughs> Anybody? Salient? Noticeable. What? Noticeable. Noticeable, vibrant, yep. All right, good thing we take notes. This should be a lesson to all of you. That's right. This should be a lesson to all of you. See, you write those notes, and then you just keep them in your Bible. And that way, when it comes quiz time, you just open up your Bible and say, Hey, he's going to cover that one. i got to go back there. Good deal. Um, hey, listen. Uh, I'm telling you, this is why I do the year in review. Because we have we all are very good at the same thing. We have very good forgetterers. We don't have good rememberers. We have good forgetterers. And so that's why uh, we review. Then we, Guess what? All right, this was the next sermon series we did. Some of you are going, oh yeah, he will be called. And this was the final verse that we studied in the last part of last year. Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince, of peace, my prayer is, and I hope it is your prayer that uh, as we now move into 2021, that uh, this year uh, will be better than last year it shouldn't be hard to do, right that uh, this year will be better than last year, that this church will be more effective in ministry, that it will be more effective at sharing the love of Jesus in the community. It will be more effective at reaching lost people and developing relationships with people that are around us. And that you and I will partner in that and we will move forward because Jesus is good. Because Jesus is good. God is good. God is love. He cares about us. And He's called all of us to go out to make disciples, to tell people about His Son. I think that it's fun to review. Here's what I believe. As a church family, to come together, to look back, and to laugh together, that's what a family does. But here's what I know. In a time of COVID, we've all experienced sort of a different level of aloneness. But we like it better when there is more togetherness. And Jesus says that we are to go out into all of the world and the community have a bigger, better, happier Christ-centered family. And I hope that your prayer is with me that 2021 more people will get to know Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the continuous, never-ending resource that is scripture that keeps coming to us and coming to us and coming to us. Father, we ask that you would help us to dive into it and to remember it. Father, we ask as we look forward that you would draw it to our minds that we might be able to share it, that people would know who you are and what you are about and that you would bless this church that it would be faithful. Father, as we sing, we ask that you'll hear our voice and go with us. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen.